0: Ladies and gentlemen, elite heat this week, we've got a number of interesting topics. And the main one is going to be, around one, Dom Mysterio. Kevin, I know, your favorite wrestler at the moment. Yeah. And, look, there's some other things we're going to talk about. And I feel like the other topics are actually quite interesting themselves. So, we'll get to that. But first, Kevin, how you doing, pal?
1: I'm good, pal. I'm excited. Can't wait to uh, to talk wrestling. But you know, we got quite a bit to talk about here. There's some stuff going on in the world of wrestling. Um. You know, we're just kind of, I guess, briefly discuss some of what we thought was the most intriguing and most noteworthy topics of the week. Uh, we are here in, in the, the days of April, post-WrestleMania, where the, the most exciting thing going on are rumors that CM Punk showing up at the United Center. That that's We're in that, we're in that season of yeah. wrestling, pal. So, yeah, hey, I, I miss those days when it was, like, hot and heavy and we had so much content to talk about. But it's nice to have a little break from, from the heavy content.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I like where it's at now. Obviously, I'd prefer if there was more hot and heavy stuff to talk about, but where at the moment, Raw, there was some stuff which we can discuss and we can make some content about. There was some interesting sort of stuff there. You had, I mean, AW, there was a certain little promo segment, just generally some big rumors involving one Phil Brooks there. And then generally, we had this topic to discuss with Dom. So there's enough content still there that's actually compelling for you guys, as listeners. So that's all we really need at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, exactly. So you want to talk about Raw first. Yes. Uh, you want to talk about the Brock Lesnar and Cody Rhodes segment,
0: correct? Yes, I do. Yes, I do, pal. Because now, as I've admitted on this platform, my Raw viewership hasn't been the best at you know, a lot of stages. I, I tuned in and saw mostly everything on this week's edition. Um, and the main thing was Cody and Brock. Um, this was obviously when you got your top babyface act, in the company and you've got brock lesnar whatever they do is going to be the most noteworthy thing on the show basically um kevin this segment you watched it about 20 minutes ago i'm going to pass this to you you just watched this yes what did you think of it because i'll give my thoughts in a moment i have a bit to say what do you think of this segment Cal? uh
1: overall i thought it was a good segment overall i thought I, I did one thing i thought like the first thing that jumps out is how good of a baby face Cody Rose is. And and he's just he's a WWE guy, he he just is like he was trying to do this stuff in AEW, and it just didn't work. The AEW crowd didn't like it. The AEW crowd was like, nah, it's not what we want. We want John Moxley shoving forks into people. So the WWE crowd is like, yeah, we love Cody. He's great. He sells a ton of merchandise. He he's probably selling more merchandise than Roman Reigns right now. This is the absolute hottest that I think Cody Rhodes will ever be in his entire career. I think this is this. I think we're looking at twenty twenty three. I, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but I think it's the year of Cody, and I think this is his absolute peak right now. I I I, I think it's not that it's downhill from here, but I think he's gonna just even out and plateau after this yeah. year. Um, it just seems like everything he's doing is gold, you know. So he's it was this was another like not to say this was like a great segment, I, I wouldn't say that it was, but it was good. It was watchable. It was entertaining. The the Brock Lesnar coming out with the with the coat, like 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 a trench coat, like almost like an Undertaker coat, but like like an old school like eighteen hundreds cowboy coat. He's got the big belt, he's got the cowboy hat. He he looks over the top, and he looks ridiculous. it it just looks like he's having fun, which has like been the theme, I guess, over the last like two two and a half years since he came back at SummerSlam last year. Not even two and a half years, year and a half when he came back at SummerSlam in twenty twenty
0: one, I should say. Yeah wow time flies pal it's crazy like that that was 2021 right yes it was he 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 went from wrestlemania 36 where he lost the belt to drew and then he wasn't seen for a year and a bit and then he made his triumphant return so yeah a year and a half nearly two years. and he's been
1: full time basically ever since then crazy like like it's nuts we're gonna have a backlash pay-per-view featuring a brock lesnar match which is not the first time we've seen brock lesnar wrestle on on the pay-per-view after media but it's the first time i think it's the first time since cena lesnar at 2012 at Extreme Rules.
0: Is Kevin, is this the first year of Brock's career where he's wrestled at the Royal Rumble, the February pay-per-view, the WrestleMania show, and Backlash? I think so. The first, yeah. Because he's, done- he's ever done that. Because in 2002, he didn't debut until like April, maybe second three, potentially, when he was full, full time. But no four, he was gone after WrestleMania. And then he hasn't done that since his return in 2012. So it's literally full-time Brock. And I'll give my quick synopsis of this segment. Very entertaining. Um, there's a lot, there's so much to unpack with all these sort of segments. There's just a lot happening. You've got guys who are interesting, Cody, Brock. I feel something when they're on the screen and you've got, I will say, Kevin, Adam Pierce, his acting just was not good. That was the only thing in this segment. Like Cody, you can have your match. Okay, Cody, don't no. He sounded like he was reading a script. But besides that, the stuff with the security guards, as you pointed out when you watched it, in five, eight years' time, when you've got one of those security guards main eventing WrestleMania, and they're <laughs> facing Cody Rhodes, so everyone's booing out of the building by that point, and they, everyone's turned on three years before, and they're, they're having a match, and that, that image is going to circulate Twitter for days and days. OMG, long-term storytelling. Here's Cody punching a 23-year-old security guard that's going on to main event wrestlemania like well, well, great, cody's kevin.
1: gonna mention it. he's gonna be out there with both belts in, in 2028 and he's gonna be like oh my god i remember this guy when he was the security guard and he took those kicks from me
0: and that's oh when i knew god. he was special oh no kevin you're gonna make our listeners mad when you do that but no like i just enjoyed the segment i thought cody being super cena and beating off wave after wave <laughs> of security guards like waves it, it like, of security. It's yeah, hilarious. It was like the first lot in the ring, he like punched them all and took them out. He got, he gets just out of the ring. There's another wave and he beats them all up. And then he like runs at Brock and then another wave just comes and beats him up. And Brock's standing there in the trench coat, just like, "Hey yo, I'm here." It was just, yeah, I it
1: was thought just that that crazy. part was a little ludicrous. The fact that Cody's just beating up all these security guards, like, that not 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 none, none of them could get like an upper hand on him. You know, it's just like <laughs> like this. It's like eight on one, and Cody's just like. And, he, and they all fall down, bro. He, he punches up like six times. They all just fall. Hey, I, honestly, if AEW did this, this would be circulating on like like botches, like AEW botches <laughs> and
0: other meme pages. Yeah. yeah, you'd have Kenny Olivier reposting a clip of like Cody doing like some messy like back elbow to one of the security guards. The security guard collapsing on the ground, acting dead. And then you have um, the, oh, baby, do you know what that's? Like that song playing in slow-mo. and like That's what would be happening realistically yeah. to keep it objective. But no, nah, it, was, it was entertaining nonetheless. It sets up the match with Backlash really well. Um, I'm actually genuinely interested to see what they do at Backlash, which what direction they go with this, whether it is just the, the 2012 Brock and Cena route or whether they do something different out of left field with this. Ways to be seen. But um, the main takeaway to me, Cody does have quite a bit of momentum. Cody's doing a really good job. This is the year of Cody. Um, will we look back on Double not capitalizing at WrestleMania as the big L for them or will it pan out just right? That, that's sort of where I'm at. I'm, I'm sort of watching with bated breath with this. I'm not yet going to say, Kevin, oh, Cody's back, pal. I love Cody. I don't care they loss of WrestleMania. That's still a big issue to me and that will be until they rectify it. But this segment, what we saw on Raw... Very entertaining. I love Brock in the trench, bro, pal.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was solid. It was pretty good. I mean, I'll ask you this: So, are you satisfied right now with what Cody's been doing post WrestleMania?
0: Yes, I'd say so. Are you okay, pal? Uh, pal, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not. As, I'm not as. You look like you can't. Your as eyes like... hurting, pal? Oh no, pal! I've got this like eyelash fell in my eye. It's ridiculous. Anyway, that being said, pal, I think Cody. I mean, what, the night after WrestleMania, he got brutally ambushed in by Brock Lesnar before the tag match. And then he did, like, a promo last week. And then we had this segment with the security guards in the brawl. Like, so far, it's been good. You know, it's been entertaining. It hasn't been a bad segment yet. And really, that's sort of the thing. I, I know for me especially, and I, I'd i say you, you can give your take in a moment. With Cody, ever since he's come back, you've sort of been watching, thinking... Will there be that segment, that a go-go promo segment? Will there be that segment? You go, oh, that didn't hit the mark. That wasn't good. Oh, I don't know about Cody, but he, he hasn't had that yet, and it doesn't look like he will. Like he's been presented quite well. So, yeah,
1: yeah. I hope it doesn't happen. I really do. I re- i really don't want to see people turn on Cody. Mm. He's good. He's good right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But overall, just my, my closing thoughts on that segment. It, it I, you know, it, I'm not like willing to like i would have spent like 80 bucks on backlash or whatever whatever yeah. peacock plus is going to be when you know we have to pay for pay-per-views whatever that price would be i'm not willing to pay that price to see brock and cody off this segment but um <clears throat> you know it's it's intriguing it was intriguing stuff it was good solid sports entertainment yeah. nothing otherworldly nothing that will be remembered remembered for like the last the next five to ten years but i don't think anybody's claiming that i hope not but yeah yeah good segment Cody Brock, two of the best in the business going at it. Right now, I mean, this is the main thing going on in wrestling. This segment, this yeah. storyline, I think has topped what's going on with Rey Mysterio and Dominic and the Bloodline.
0: Uh, but, but the AEW Pillars, Kevin. <laughs> excuse me.
1: Yes. Are,
0: are You're just, you just making a WWE shield. Who's your, who's your favorite AEW pillar? Oh, Jungle Boy by far. His promos are amazing. Oh, what do you like? I his theme song? Sorry? You like his theme song? Like I, I can't comment on that, <laughs> but no, like Kevin, I don't know, can we touch on that AW Pillars segment briefly, like sure. just before we go to Phil Brooks, which we'll discuss in a moment. We'll transition this seamlessly, pal. I'm watching this segment, and it just made all I'm thinking is well, paint a picture for those who didn't okay. see it. All right, basically on Dynamite, they've got this segment involving so Sammy G. So Sammy Guevara, you've got Jungle Boy, and you've got Darby Allen. They're all, I guess, are pitching a case for why they should be the number one contender for the title and why they should be up next, sort of thing. They're all doing a promo segment in the ring. So there's the three of them in the ring. You, it goes about ten minutes. Jungle Boy, his part of this, what he said wasn't like bad, but it put me to sleep near enough four times. His delivery was appalling. He's right. trying to cut this promo about how yeah, you, know, you may be good, Darby but I'm the next guy, all right? Your face paint, there are kids with that face paint on, but it's not good because I'm, like, I'm just, like, what, is, what is this? And then Sammy G eventually has his go, and he's like, all oh, you know, his role is to be cocky and arrogant, and he's, you know, like, hey, I'm better than you, I'm better than you, I'm the next guy, I should have the title match, I would work with Jericho for three years, yeah, like, okay. And Darby Allen's promo is actually... It surprised me. I was expecting his promo to be the worst of the three, but it was actually most surprising. So fair play of Derby. His promo is actually the most worth watching of this. Um, basically, yeah, Kevin, they go back and forth for like 10 minutes. It didn't really sell me on any of them. Um, I, I'll pass you for your thoughts in a minute or maybe what Cornette said or just a general rundown. But I was watching this going, MJF is like up here and these guys are all like down here. These guys are nowhere near. These, this is not main event, what I'm watching right here. Like, on top of right now, you have got Cody and Brock doing this intense, big segment, security. Brock in a trench coat. Cody fighting off security, shouting. Looking jacked, veins popping, shouting at the hard camera. And AW, we've got Jungle Boy. In the fourth row, there's a kid with your face paint on, Darby. Darby, you inspire kids. But I'm not inspired by you. I'm going I'm better. It's like, bro, come on. So basically, Kevin, MJF is so far clear of everyone. These guys came off amateurish and yeah. Yeah, it's similar to what we saw
1: with Hangman Page when he was AEW champion, <clears throat> where like he was maybe the second or third most important act on the show. And I, I don't want to say MJF is at that point. Like he's still the most important act, but he's being booked like he's not the most important act. If that makes sense. And I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring the future into play. They're trying to give us, you know, the the, the new stars, and they want to have fresh matchups for MJF. Because realistically, what? like, what else can they do with MJF? I mean, he's wrestled Moxley. He's wrestled Jericho,
0: Adam but... Cole, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page. Um, uh, Omega's like know.
1: Omega's banged up. Like that's the thing with Omega. um He's still not one hundred percent. Apparently, he's still like he's just going through the motions right now, doing the multi-man stuff. Mm. I don't know if we'll ever see Prime Omega back, but yeah, Adam Cole is intriguing, but do you really want to see Adam Cole versus
0: MJF? Is I'd like- say that than MJF versus Jungle Boy, MJF Guevara, MJF Darby Allin. Like, if you, if you made me pick, you know, I'm, Kevin, that said, as you're alluding to him, I'm hardly rushing to my wallet to order a $60 pay-per-view to watch MJF versus Adam Cole, but I'd be more willing to pay a bit of money to watch that than I would the other ones we've just pitched here. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I get developing the future. Adam Cole's not exactly the future. I understand from that point of view, but especially that promo, that that segment they did on Dynamite, with the three of them doing the, pro- that, that is the moment to sell us, sell the viewer on those wrestlers. It, it, Darby Allen sold me a little bit. Like I see some more in him now because that segment, Jungle Boy, I now think less of because of his performance in that segment. Sammy G, I don't feel anything. He's just there, which I, is quite yeah. the worst thing you can feel. Yeah, so.
1: I, I, well, I'll say this: I never saw it. I never really saw anything in Jungle Boy. Like I look at him and I think a good. Like I think his ceiling is like an upper mid card guy, you know. Yeah. Like I think his ceiling is like an art, like an RVD, you know, like that kind of guy. Like that. That's like upper mid card could be champion for a little while, you know. Could get a crowd, a big crowd reaction. I look at Darby Allen. I think he has the most upside of the three. I I think we're both on the same page with that. Darby Allen, just because of the the face paint, the character, the theme song. But I feel like that stuff's gonna work against him. It's gonna be similar to Cody, where, like, if they start... And then on top of that, he has, like, the personal things that everybody knows about him. So, that's always gonna follow him around, too, unfortunately. Uh, Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But it just is what it is, state and fact there. Um... So Darby, he's going to be a guy that like, I think he's, he could be an AEW champion. I think we could both see that. I think that's his ceiling. And I think he could be a guy that could be like, I think he could be like a true pillar of the company going forward.
0: What about, so maybe I'm going to sound ignorant here. Mm-hmm. I know Wardlow just won the TNT title again. MJF Wardlow, hello. Like that's a new guy. That's a guy who could be a big star. That's someone who's legitimately interesting. He could be I remember watching this show in 2020, week to week on dynamite, thinking this is like they could book him like the next Batista. Like this is like a legitimate star. This guy has and then now he's just sort of I mean, he's not in the main event. He's he's won the TNT title pal. He beat Hobbs.
1: But he beat MJF, he buried MJF at twenty twenty two double or nothing. And then did it do anything to follow up that to follow that up. Didn't do anything of significance, I should say. Like he just had a couple of matches on like elevation once in a while I had matches on dynamite and that became tnt champion like 10 months later so yeah, then, yeah. then i just say about sammy Guevara, i i don't really see him as a top guy either to me he's like a he's like a shelton benjamin kind of guy just like a like yeah. a super athlete guy that does cool spots guy that'd be like a good intercontinental champion or atlantic champion or whatever yeah. their their mid their other mid card title is I don't know. I don't think he... I don't think those two... Like, two of those three guys, I don't think AEW could really build around. It. And that's an AEW problem. You know, AEW, they're relying on just bringing people in that already have, like, notoriety from WWE. That that's been the, the big the big joker in the deck. And we're going to bring in Buddy Matthews, Keith Lee, Adam Cole, and Samojo, thousands of other names. And we're going to rely on their, their previous star power. They're not really focusing on creating stars day to day. Yeah. Uh, with that being said... Now we gotta talk about CM Punk.
0: Yes, we do. We do, pal.
1: So the, oh. the the brutally honest way to depict what's going on with the CM Punk situation is this: CM Punk cannot get along with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and Tony Khan is not putting them in a room and making them shake hands and work together for the sake of money. Tony Khan is, um, what's the word? He's, he's, uh, he's giving. think of i don't know what the word is i don't want to say anything like too bad but Mm. he's he's giving punk everything on a silver platter basically and it's just like we're gonna make a show around you and it's gonna be AEW collision and it's gonna be punk as a star and it's gonna be guys that like punk ftr and jericho and all his buddies and then it's gonna be the elite and all their buddies on one show so tony khan is basically making a new show because his top stars can't get along so now we have AEW is on TV six days a week. We have Elevation. We have Dark Elevation. We have a uh, Elevation. We have Dark Dynamite. We have uh, Ring of Honor. We have Rampage, and now we have AEW Collision. So I'll ask you this: What what's your interest level in in a AEW Collision Saturday Night Show?
0: Right. It's not gone. gone. <laughs> what, what's so funny? No, is, you're listening to like these six AW shows in a week. Okay, I remember when AW Dynamite in 2019, 2020, that was the only show they had. And it felt like, like it felt must see in the sense because it was their one show. What's AW going to do? You, I, this is how I felt watching it week to week. What are they going to do? Like it was like a, you couldn't miss Dynamite. They're going to do an angle. There's going to be a Jericho, a Cody segment, MJF, a big brawl, an angle. all all the best wrestlers are in one spot. That's what it felt like. That's why I really enjoyed the first year, year and a half of AEW particularly. Um, But what you just said there, where they're literally splitting up, basically doing a a draft brand split sort of thing with CM Punk and then everyone who doesn't like CM Punk. And it's like, that is so, that's amateur hour. That, and especially to have six, like I get it, Dynamite's your main show. Cool. Rampage came in two years ago. It was this like revolutionary concept. Oh my god, an hour show! Finally, this is what we've been asking for. That's badly fizzled out. It peaks. It, it
1: peaks when Punk did his return on there.
0: Peaked on the first episode. Was that the first yeah, episode of Rampage?
1: Some, what was that the debut episode when Punk returned?
0: I think it was the second episode. Really? Say. Oh wow. Okay. That yeah. Was the second. It was one of the, It was within the first like eight days of Rampage. And then ever since they've had some great matches on that show, but it's hardly you know, anything that we discuss. Like we haven't discussed consciously Rampage since Punk debuted.
1: I haven't watched What's Rampage like? since Punk debuted.
0: Exactly, and the ratings have reflected that. It's not just a you thing. That's not just elite hate hating AEW. Ratings hit a low of like two hundred and sixty thousand viewers like a month ago, and they had they went up because of an NBA lead into like six hundred thousand the other day. But it's not it's not good enough. So there's that. And Kevin, there's like five other AW shows. There's Ring of Honor, there's Dark, there's Dark Elevation, there's whatever YouTube exclusive involving the elite, there's podcasts, there's AW Heels, AW All Access. This is the same thing that happened with Double There's just too much of the damn stuff. And not enough. It, there's so much. Now, nothing not feels music. important. I know. It's just, okay. Like even now, Dynamite, even. Like I watched Dynamite or bits and pieces of that. And I was thinking, yeah a lot a bunch of this is sort of just there like that segment with the kendo stick which has gone around um wrestling twitter especially where adam cole's supposed to be screaming in horror as like there's a there's a kendo stick beat up happening and the shots are missing like that and the stuff at the british combat club is cool like daniel bryan's doing good like i'm trying to give you my highlights from a two-hour dynamite as their main show this isn't even mentioning the five other shows and aw collision now with phil running the show on Saturdays, like <laughs> i don't know kevin yeah you, let, you...
1: so let, let's get back on track here. talk about that the matter at hand
0: yes phil w- yeah.
1: what do you think what, what's you, what do you think about this show what's your thoughts on the concept are you going to watch it are you intrigued to watch it w- would you watch both dynamite and collision or are you going to pick one if so which one are you going to pick
0: so just to clarify so rampage is still going to be going yeah page is still happening
1: I guess yeah. Okay. They haven't um, said anything that is not, but I I, okay. I I think I think they'll probably do away with it quietly. That would be my prediction.
0: Yeah, that that's fair. Now I'll I'll tune into the first like few episodes of Collision, and see what it's about. Like I'll give it a chance. I'm not just gonna be like, oh, new AW show. I'm not watching it. I'll, I'll give it a chance, see what it's like. Um, but I don't know. And the the main thing I'm talking about here is CM Punk returning and sort of the manner in which it's happening, which. Already from this, from the reports we've seen where they've outlined what day he's going to come, June 17th, they said. Reportedly, the United Center, there's already rumours he, he's going to sell out. And of course, like those shows draw and in peak interest. CM Punk in Chicago, A Return, that's always going to sell out the building. That, that CM Punk's a star, we know that, obviously. But it's what happens after, especially behind the scenes. Because on screen, whatever Punk's involved in will be at least worth talking about. CM Punk... Whether it's Darby Allen, whether it's Eddie Kingston, whether it's MJF, whether it's the Elite, whatever he's involved in on AWTV or what we see on screen is compelling most of the time. It's worth talking about. But what's happening behind the scenes is, as you have described, they're literally having to create a, a, a pro CM Punk and an against CM Punk locker room, like like that's that's WCW sort of two thousand stuff. Very petty. They didn't even do that then. Like that's literally like almost. You know, a full brand split based on one wrestler, and whether that one group can get up. it's very clicky. It's very messy. So that's my take, Kevin. What about you? Will you be watching? Will you be tuning into Collision? Will you be rushing home from work to get the popcorn, get the beers, get the soft drinks, crack them open? We're gonna watch Punk on Collision. Powered FTR. Yeah,
1: it's gonna be a tough ask to get me to watch a Saturday night show. Like, like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm in my twenties. I go out a lot. You'll be at the clubs, pal. You'll be, be, you know, with Bad Bunny at the clubs. <laughs> it be a tough ask to get me to come home and stay home for, like, two hours on a Saturday night. That's really, that's a bold ask from a wrestling company in 2023. Like two hours? Yeah. It's a two-hour show.
0: Excuse me? Yeah. I thought he's...
1: No, it's two hours, yeah.
0: So, it's a two-hour... <laughs> on a Saturday night? Yeah. Like, for me, it's gonna. It's probably not their audience, then. Yeah, it's You're probably going to air, audience. like,
1: 8 p.m., yeah, no. Pe- people with lives are not their audience, but like, like even even still, you're looking at AEW caters to that fan base that stays home and watches wrestling all day. Are even those yeah. people going to be home at 8 p.m. on a Saturday night? Maybe, maybe. You know, I'm not wow. disparaging anybody, but like, the au- like, what are you going for when you're going on a- going for a Saturday? Like, Saturday is the day that people do things and people go out, they have fun. Like, I don't know. You know, they're, they're meeting with family. Like, I'm not going to be in the middle of, like, a family birthday. Like, hey, guys, no. Nope. Got to put on AEW Collision. Sorry, guys. <laughs> can't talk to you.
0: You, you imagine you're at like, a family gathering. You're, like, like the whole the whole Kevin family there. And you're, you're sat here. You got, like, your phone. And you're just like, sorry, can't talk right now. You know, step-cousin or sister or whatever. I'm watching Collision. And you're yeah. just sat there watching AEW Collision. Guys, sorry, CM Punk's coming out. Leave me alone, leave me- guys, not now. And you're just like, oh my god, Punk, FTR, oh my god, they're having a match against the acclaimed. Oh my gosh,
1: yeah, like- Sammy Guevara just did a backflip, guys. Yeah, I, I can't yeah. can't compensate.
0: Here's Your the other thing would too. Kick you out. You feel like, like this is the thing with you know, it's a Saturday at what eight o'clock? You said yeah, two hour show. Yeah, that's gonna be the death of eight of you. Like that's another big part of like that's not gonna work. It, it just is not. We saw Rampage was a one-hour Friday night one. Granted, that was going on 10 p.m. That's too late. But like that format, a one-hour on Friday is like, a better idea. Two hours on Sunday night, that is just not a good idea.
1: Friday that, that at 10 it. p.m.
0: is still, that's nuts, bro. No, no, If it was Friday, or well, SmackDown's 8 p.m., so you can't do that. Friday at 7 p.m. was the logical slot, but they didn't do that. I don't know so yeah we'll see how it goes Maybe it's the best thing we ever see in wrestling And we have a new wrestling boom period Because of collision power I don't know I don't want to be negative But I can't imagine anyone with lives Who you know go out See family have gatherings Friends events Things on That's not the audience is going to be watching collision It's going to be an audience who just sit inside all day
1: What do you do with MJF too Do you put MJF on both shows Is he like Roman Reigns showing up on collision like once every like eight and a half months it's like hey guys mjf's here mjf is gracing us with his presence here's the AEW champion enjoy like what uh, what do you do at that point it's just like okay dynamite is the main show where the main eventers go and then what is tony khan going to create a little championship for phil to hold for phil to run (laughs) around with for like two and a half years phil holds this this second world championship it's like the AEW national championship or an oh, AEW no. international championship and here here Punk here hold that then he can defend it against guys that he likes I don't even know who Punk likes who, who are Punk guys Darby Allen, I guess you know when Punk come out like oh Darby Allen's gonna fight me for this AEW championship belt <laughs>
0: like I don't understand at that <laughs> point oh no yeah this, this is the reality AEW faces Kevin this is where we are at in 2023 with AEW we've got uh, literally a divide in the locker room backstage turmoil as jobination says there are rats in the stadium pal <laughs>
1: <laughs> and let, let, let's look at this too
0: no, let's say yeah. let's say you
1: and I we're doing this podcast right mm-hmm. we we have we, you know our podcast is it big we have an elite heat studio in mm-hmm. in you know new york city or something and yeah. one day after the show we got our producer in the room and like after the show we're just like mad at each other for whatever reason and then we just like start having a punching war a brawl in in the studio in New York City, pal. You know I'm on top of you, like beating you up.
0: And- I say something on air, and then you, you you just get so mad. I'm in my like my, my my little like dressing room. You bash the door in. You super kick the door. I've got like my my friend, my friend's wife, a dog in there. you you just like you come in. You're like slap kicking. A chair gets thrown. Security's trying to break us apart. I'm like you didn't upload for eight months on Wrestling Uncovered. They're like, we're yelling at each other. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, you didn't upload a late hate clips. And we're like screaming at each other. Yeah. And then eventually, yeah. Like, what is that?
1: And then are we going to be like, are we going to be friends? Like, uh, like two months later, just like, hey, all right. You know, the people want to see Elite Heat on the air. They want to see us like squash this beef on air. Like, are we going to do that for numbers? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe.
0: If you have a company of professionals this gets sorted on screen and makes a lot of money. When you're at a company with a lot of unprofessionals at the top, it, it, it turns into this. Where like, oh, well, I don't want to, that will offend Punk if, if Punk's on this show with these, and then that'll make, it'll hurt, you know, Nick Jackson's feelings and I don't, Tony Khan, I don't really deal, oh, we'll just, we'll separate it and we'll, like if they go that rabbit hole, which it sounds like from the report you've read and what we're talking about here, they're going down the rabbit hole of, it's just not, it's not the way to go. It, this is wrestling. Have them go in the ring and sort it out and make money and get a pay-per-view that people are gonna want to watch. But instead, Kevin, collision pal, get out your phone on a Saturday night. Guys, Kevin's family, go away, go away. Darby Allens coming out for his match with Dash Wilder. (laughs) Well, come on. Anyway, that's all I have to say, Kevin. Anything else from you on this or can we move on?
1: The word I was thinking of, it just hit me, is Tony Khan is catering to CM Punk and all of his needs. And it's a leverage thing. Punk is the biggest star in AEW. Punk is the biggest star that AEW will ever have. And it's probably the second biggest star in wrestling. Um, So if Punk... You know, if Punk wants to do this and and the Elite, they have all this leverage because they're the big stars. They're the reason why AEW got to the dance. All those guys have leverage. They can kind of get away with this. Like, a lot of people compare this to the Edge and Matt Hardy thing. With, like, Edge and Matt Hardy, like, Matt Hardy was like, I lost my girl, my best friend. Like... My life's ruined i might as well make this wwe money it's the hottest i'm ever gonna be from a storyline perspective so it's like he, matt Hardy doesn't have a lot of leverage you know matt Hardy can't just walk into vince's office storm in and be like you have to put me on smackdown and put edge on raw and everybody that likes me is on my show and everybody that likes edge is on their show like it's just there yeah. was no leverage for that you know maybe if like roman reigns and john cena in 2021 couldn't get along before they're like at like up until their summer's like leading up until their Summerslam match roman reigns could be like no i'm not going to be in the same arena with that guy i, I i'm only going to be on smackdown cena's only going to be on raw like maybe they could get away with that because they're that big of stars but you know i guess that's yeah. why that's ultimately why we're here because AEW needs punk they're doing a ninety thousand 000 seat arena they need him whether they want to admit it or not or the fans want to admit it or not AEW and tony khan need him so that's why we're here yeah. pal
0: nah bang on and kevin i think we can transition to do you want to go to dominic mysterio or do you want to have a discussion about i mean just the the, the women's side of wrestling generally like, where, where do you want to go from yeah
1: here? i want to talk about the women's thing so I, i'll kick it off with this so we got the the women's um the, essentially the focal point of the women's division right now is trish stratus and leader um and i guess becky lynch i assume but becky lynch she deleted everything on her twitter she blacked out her, well not delete everything but she blacked out her profile page and her back her bookmark or her background went on twitter so uh, people think that she's leaving wwe she changed her name but she didn't change her handle Changed her name for becky lynch like to rebecca quinn i believe so that sparked the rumors so i don't know what that like what that means we don't have becky lynch now trish stratus is like the top star and she's cutting heel promos on this past Raw, and it was good. You know, I, I watched. I watched the segment. I, I caught the promo. Like people were like hyping her up, like, "Oh, she's spitting bars. She's owning everything. Oh, go, Queen!" Like, yeah, good promo. She stated facts. She stated really the main thing I want to focus on is that she stated something. I'm paraphrasing something along the lines of saying like, "Before Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey and all those girls, before the four horsewomen, there was me." I was the first woman to main event Raw. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was a, like a seven-time women's champion, and like it's made me think that for whatever reason WWE has chosen to not really push Trish Stratus as a revolutionary piece in women's wrestling. The WWE agenda, the WWE media, and what they they tell us that women's wrestling was significant in the mid 2010s, and that's when it became. Like a focal point. Like yeah, it became an everyday focal point and the women became athletes instead of eye candy or bathroom break or popcorn break segments. Like that part I acknowledge. I, I think we'd be silly not to acknowledge that. Even when Trish Stratus and Lita were main eventing raw, you would have a segment earlier on in the show where like Vince McMahon is sexualizing Candice Michelle. Or he's making out with Sable. Like girls are just dropping their pants left and right, showing off their bodies, which is great and it it's fine you know but the after the mid 2010s they became uh the women became like i said athletes week in week out characters storylines uh this it was nothing about the sexualization anymore it was just well there's a little bit of sexualization like mandy rose but not a lot you know be few and far between and trish was kind of like hey i'm here like don't forget about me and it's a, I think it's a WWE design thing because Trish Stratus has so many negative
0: segments and infamous segments that are tied to her name. No, I agree with you. I agree because Kevin, when I think Trish, I, I think really about three things. It's those well, first thing, first and foremost, the bark like a dog segment and Trish is being like naked in the ring as Vince is like, "Damn it, take the bra off," and then the, the whole reign is cheering. And like you've done, you've done literally a video on this. You've broken this down perfectly. So go check that out if you haven't. But yeah, like there's that, which is like the big thing with Trish. And then there's those like photo shoot or like those, I guess, either like magazine covers or all those, they do all these like divas in Cancun specials. They have like Trish was the like the face, you we're know, wearing literally nothing doing a photo shoot. And then the other thing would be like, yeah, her Mickey James storyline or like her raw main events. You know, that, that, that's I think, why I think, I think Trish. And then now we've got, yeah, in 2023, she's, I think we established this in the WrestleMania review, like 47. Granted, she looks better than any of the the current day women, even though she's 47. But that being said, like, she's doing this promo, as you allude to, like, I'm, you know, remember me, I'm like the greatest before anyone else, yada, yada. And it got myself and you you obviously thinking about this women's revolution, evolution thing. I'll never forget the night there was the, the give Divas a chance hashtag got trending. I never forget watching it when they got like the, the minute and a half match with the Bella Twins on a three hour Raw in like February twenty fifteen. I want to say, and Twitter and the wrestling community lost their minds. And within a few months, Kevin, we had Stephanie McMahon parading out in the middle of a random July Raw in twenty fifteen before Battleground, going, guys, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, we have. Sasha and it was like okay cool nice and then it was you know team PCB and they did all that weird stuff with it and team bad and and from there we've seen eight years of you know the women being athletes which is you know amazing for them obviously but it's weird listening to Trish the whole point of this is we're listening to Trish doing this promo when WWE don't feel comfortable showing all this stuff from her past they just don't and so we're being told this by Trish and it, what she's saying is valid. As long as she's saying stuff that's wrong, but the WWE themselves really can't, like maybe they could show a clip from a, a Mickie James match or something, or maybe a match versus later, they can show some pictures. But a lot of this stuff, they can't even show on the air.
1: You know? Yeah. Like but, if you listen to WWE, you would think that there was no significant singles women's matches or triple threat or whatever, any significant women's matches up until like Charlotte Natalia in NXT but the reality is Trish had a couple of matches at Wrestlemania that were pretty big You had a big triple threat match at Wrestlemania 19 I think she had a match at Wrestlemania 18 too and then she had the the Wrestlemania 22 match with Mickie James that was like a full-fledged focal point of Raw that was one of the most important storylines leading up to that show but that stuff doesn't get remembered because of the raunchiness of it for one you know like Mickie James like following Trish in the shower and like the sexualization and like her being obsessed yeah. with her and in love with her that stuff doesn't get brought up because i guess it would be in poor taste now and to the revisionists <clears throat> Go ahead.
0: i will say on that in the last eight years when it comes to like women's wwe what storylines off the top of your head can you remember like what, what storyline not just oh charlotte had a match with sasha and they had a bunch of good matches like what because story- with that i get to some it's poor taste we remember that 18 years later and I remember it's like a, a really good storyline. I know like, you have your own thoughts. Everyone's watching but in the last eight years on WWE main roster. Yeah. The four horse women, whoever, what are the sto- what story? What storylines have we actually had with the women? Um,
1: like, I mean the Becky Lynch, Rhonda story, like Be- yeah. Becky being like held down and then like Rhonda, like allegedly not wanting to work with her. Like that whole work shoot yeah. storyline was good.
0: Yep uh yeah becky Ron so yeah becky going to wrestlemania 35 yep yeah definitely great story 100 um i'm just thinking my approach all of charlotte flair's stuff has quite literally been i'm the queen i'm better than you let's have a match and then she usually wins them like i remember we discussed this in the wrestlemania preview with the bianca Belair stuff bianca Belair's wrestlemania matches the build has been bad or non-existent for all of them remember wrestlemania 37 for the sasha banks big main event we're going to team up because we're both baby faces. Well, let's have a match now. And it's like, I mean, the match is really good. It's a, it's empowering seeing two women of color made at WrestleMania. I get it. But from the storyline standpoint, eight years, and all we can think of within about two minutes here is, well, Becky Lynch was, you know, fighting for her life back when she broke her nose. So really, Becky Lynch breaking her nose and the stuff with Ronda at the end of 2018, beginning of hmm. and beginning 2019. And what else?
1: Well, like, I mean, if we're talking like, if we're talking just <clears throat> like women's storylines between yeah. like two women or a tag yeah. team women's tag teams, yep. not really some jumps in my head, but I mean there's yeah. been women involved with good storylines like Alexa Bliss being involved with the Fiend stuff when it was yeah. when it was good before it went off the rails. Hmm. Um, there's like Mandy Rose and Otis was a nice story, and Dolph Ziggler and all that they turned that into a story. Look at that! Look at that! Phil and wow. the Young Bucks. Dolph Ziggler got his like Dolph Ziggler and his girlfriend broke up in real life, but. They, oh no! Was he dating Mandy Rose? or Was it Dana Brooke? I don't remember now.
0: I, I don't honestly have a clue. I'm not the person to ask for that. But yeah, no. the, the the point being here, this is eight years with some like great. The talent is like great. You know, Sasha, Becky, Bianca, etc. Rhea Ripley now, Charlotte, the like. Yeah. But the storylines that you remember. Because that's what, really, what wrestling is really about. The storylines you can talk about. Uh, in yeah. that, but that's that the point great.
1: you're making is that Trish and Mickey is like one of those great storylines. And it was just like yeah. two women having a great storyline. And we haven't seen anything like it since, really.
0: Yeah. And many would say Trish and Leader as well from the early 2000s. Some of the stuff they did together. And then I mean Trish and being involved in yeah, Jericho and Christian's thing for WrestleMania 20. I remember that vividly. That was great stuff. Trish's involvement in the Vince and Shane thing from 17 is infamous that's memorable so trish has been involved in a bunch that's why trish when she says that sort of stuff she's been involved in a lot of stuff that's genuinely memorable genuinely a storyline or something that an angle that you go yep we can talk about that two decades later nowadays there hasn't been that with the women's as great as the athletes are as great as the talent is becky lynch broke a nose and feuded with ronda and then charlotte got added and that's what really the the big thing we've had because the what was the storyline with charlotte flair and sasha banks was there one besides i'm the boss i'm the queen like you know it's yeah. that sort of thing that, that's the point i'm making do it that what you will maybe you can list off 15 all-time great women's storylines from the last eight years on the WWE main roster in the comments if you can fair enough but off the top of our heads it's few and far between
1: yeah absolutely so yeah i mean like really it's a wwe thing by design why trust stratus is not really remembered Or not remembered, just not advertised the way that she is. Like, it's just like, honestly, what we get from WWE is like, Trish Stratus is a legend because we say so. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like, if you know, you know. If you know about Trish, that's it, you know. If you missed it and you never saw Trish in her prime, you may look at her like, why is this woman important? Or if you only saw highlights if you were too young, or if you weren't watching wrestling at the time and you only saw highlights, you might not realize why she's a big deal. Might just look at her like, oh, she was a beautiful eye candy. She was a women's champion, but Trish was like really one of the biggest stars of her era. Trish and Lita were, and but Trish might mainly Trish will always be a little bit more commercial, a little bit more uh memorialized than Lita and her legacy. <clears throat> a lot of that was Lita's own doing, but yeah, it's, it's it's intriguing stuff. uh To be Becky Lynch, if whether she or not she is a free agent, that's intriguing too. If she is indeed a free agent and AEW scoops her up. Is that like a legitimate signing to you? Is that a, a legitimate? I don't want to say game changer, but is that like a legitimate pickup for them, or is that just like one that's going to fizzle out in a couple of months?
0: I mean, Becky Lynch would be a, I mean, the star of that division. Like she'd make it much more compelling. I agree. But it, it's wrestling. Never say never. Seth Rollins' wife going and like Becky Lynch is like one of the big stars. She's main of WrestleMania. All this. She won at WrestleMania. Like, of all people, what reason would she have to want to go to AW? And someone, I, I take it she's intelligent. She probably sees the AW Women's Division and goes, "I can go there and do what? Have Tony Storm spray paint my ass? Have Soraya and Tony Storm punch me and then call me a slut? Like, like, what, like, what kind of what, what <laughs> can I really do here? Like, I can have a, a match with Britt Baker in a dentist's office." You know, like this, this Jamie Hayter's is really good. Like that would be great, but you know, I'm trying to think like what else for a division like Jade Cargill potentially she could put her over. But if that's what you're leaving WWE to go and do, that's just not, that's not really worth it for Becky. Yeah, the- considering how much how much status she has in WWE to go over to AW and yeah, maybe a good match with Tony Storm, cool. But you're, you're gonna leave WWE for that.
1: What What if they like- do Mercedes Monet versus Becky Lynch at, at Wembley? to say hypothetically,
0: put our put I our mean, put our tinfoil hats works. on. That know, that, that's a big you know, deal. That, if Tony Khan can make that happen. You know.
1: that's a big yeah, money. Uh, that's a big money payout too for both those girls. That's a big. That's a big time match. Apparently Mercedes is done with NJPW. I think I read that. So right. if she's done in New Japan. I don't know if she's coming back to WWE anytime soon. She's walked out of there more times than CM Punk and Stone Cold combined. So. <laughs> I don't know Very if they'll great. be like super thrilled to have her back. <laughs> yeah, all right. So uh, yeah. let's get to it, pal. Let's talk about one uh, Dominic Mysterio.
0: Yeah, I'll before ask we have you, gone, go I'll just address one little yes, thing. Yes. This is about Judgment Day. So we've got, you know, they're doing the segment on Raw. You've got the Judgment um, Day on one side, the Bob on the other. Going. A lot of people on Twitter were hyping up that Rhea Ripley and Sokoa were like staring at each other. Like that was cool, sure. <laughs> You've got Finn Balor, who's 42. And he's standing there <laughs> with his shirt. And his shirt reads, quote, Finn, and it's got like the semicolon 14. So it's also like an Austin 316 shirt, yeah. Finn 14 stables. Kevin, <sighs> would you wear that to a family gathering, the gym, outings, socially at the club? You're wearing a Finn 14 stables shirt, representing the iconic. Five foot six Irishman who had stables put in his head at WrestleMania from a ladder incident. Would you? Would you be desperate the way that shirt, pal? I, I, I
1: imagine you, pal. You know, you're, you're you're a single guy. You're rocking the Finn fourteen staple shirt. You're at the the farmers market buying some vegetables and you know some produce and some fruits. You know, a little bit of, a little bit of organic cheese. You know, you're just you're at the farmers market chilling. You see a nice young lady who's, like, over, who's over, like, I, maybe they have, like, some farmer's markets near you, they have them here, they have, like, like, a smoothie bar in a lot of them. Yeah. So you see a nice young lady at the smoothie bar, getting a nice organic banana smoothie, and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna go approach this this young lady, what do I gotta lose, you know? And you're over there walking with confidence, rocking your Finn 14 staples shirt. How quickly is that girl running away from you? Like, are you even gonna make it, like, within five feet of her? Before she just like, she's like, I no, you know, forget the smoothie. I'm
0: gone. <laughs> Finn 14. <Sam>. The point <laughs> being, I'm like, <laughs> merchandise in WWE. I bought, I went to a WWE shop WrestleMania week and bought four shirts. So I bought the Roman Reigns Greatness Amongst You, the one where he's literally in the Mafia boss. Like, it's just Roman on the shirt and Heyman's head's here. Like, the greatness. of That's like the dope Mafia boss, like, Sopranos Reigns shirt. I bought that because it's wearable. I wore that to the gym and like proudly. That's a cool shirt. You've got, I bought uh, like a Cody one, like a singlet where it's got the undesirable, like it's got the, like the logo. That's a cool wearable top. I bought a, a retro Cena top and I bought like the Island of Relevancy one with the bloodline. <laughs> which, which Cena shirt did you buy? Uh, it was, it was uh, a it the- of your <laughs> like World Life on the back. Oh, the orange From, one? It was, no, it, it, was, it was, it's a black shirt. It's like all these like black, Backings. I didn't buy a neon fruity. It, it wasn't
1: the one he was wearing at the 08 Rumble, that black and orange one. The hustle, no, he respects
0: respect. It with? was not. Okay. No, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you a picture of it no, I'll put it on Twitter. But, but yeah, like basically, I bought these shirts. I would not be caught dead rocking Finn <laughs> fourteen stables. Who's that shirt for? <laughs> like, I get it. Finn Balor has fans. He has a stand. It's fan for the base. kids, fell. He has a fan base of people who defended when he flashed his testicles <laughs> on screen on SmackDown. In twenty, 20- they said, "Well, what's wrong with that? You have an issue with that? I do." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think- don't want to see Finn's balls on SmackDown. <laughs> on Fox throat, had an you. issue with that. Keep that on the dark side of the web. Keep that away from me. Keep that away from the young children watching. Keep that away from the people. <laughs> I don't need to see Finn's balls. Oh. Okay, but you've got Finn Balor wearing Finn fourteen stables, and I'm 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 sitting there going, "Who thought that would be a good shirt to make?" Like, uh. what's the ROI on that shirt, anyway, Kevin? Enough about that. We're here to talk about the other Judgment Day member. Dom, he's feuded with Rey Mysterio now. He's getting a lot of heat. There's a you know, big kind of well not well, fanfare, but in the right way. He's getting negative reactions, booed. He's getting the right reactions as a heel. And with that, we asked this on the late heat today. Is Dom a main eventer? Does he have potential to be a legit main event guy? Where do you see Dom for the next one, two, three years going in double degree? So Kevin, I'll swing the baton over to you. Talk to us. Yeah, Dominic
1: Mysterio... I, I think Dominic Mysterio that we've seen for the past seven, eight months, I think that version of Dominic Mysterio is absolutely a main eventer. Undoubtedly. But we, we were fantasy booking him versus Cody. Um, if Cody won the WWE Championship post-WrestleMania... Sure sure you know We'll talk about another theory later on why, why Cody okay. didn't win. But, yeah. So, <clears throat> nevertheless... Dominic Mysterio is a guy that I he could have a program with Roman Reigns right now. If Roman Reigns was full time and needed somebody to wrestle in Puerto Rico, why not have have Roman vs. Dominic? You know? Why not? Dominic is that good. I, I think now uh, there's levels to it. Is Dominic Mysterio like face of the company guy? Maybe not. M- maybe not. It's possible he could get there. But I don't know, like he'd have to be really, really good to be the face of the company. Like that's not a knock. There's only been, like, five or six of those guys. Seven in, like, the 50, 60-plus year history of the WWE. I can count them on one hand. So it's not it's not a really a slight to say that Dominic's not a main eventer. Or, not, I mean, not a, no, it's not a slight to say that Dominic's not the top guy, or he doesn't have potential to be the top guy. But I think he could be a legitimate mainstay in the main event scene. Now, the other, there's a couple things that work against him. One, I don't know how good of a babyface he would be. We've already seen it. But I don't know, like, even if he's with all the experience and the polishing that he's had over the last, like, year, really, and improvement he's done, I don't know if he could still be an intriguing babyface just because of his stature. He doesn't have, like, like a superhero look, you know? He he works well in the slimy, chicken-shit heel role. Um, And he naturally just comes off that way just because he's the son of a famous wrestler. So there's that part of it. And then there's the other part of, like, what is he gonna do when he's not like in a program with his father yeah that that's really the big test for him it's like everything he's done is really revolved around ray for the most part like we first saw him in main roster action in that match that ray had with brock in 2019 that's when we really started to see Dominic getting involved heavily taking beat downs from brock sacrificing, saving his father sacrificing himself and then you know he had a pretty good match with rollins at SummerSlam 2020 and then he he has some good tag team stuff he did uh with his dad, and they won the belts and all this and that, but really Rey Ray Mysterio has been a big part in helping Dominic get to where he is, yeah, so yeah. the big test for him the big test for him is when he does get that that big storyline because I think it's coming sooner than later, yeah, whether it's with a guy like Bobby Lashley or they take it up a notch and he's with a guy like Edge one on one or somebody like that. Or if they go all the way and put him in there with the champion or put him in there with Brock Lesnar. Depending on what the next move is. That's really gonna be the test. And I think he's ready for it. But I do think I don't know if he's as um what's the word? Well versed or multi as multifaceted as a guy like like John Cena is, for example, or a guy like, yeah. like even like a CM Punk or one of those guys. I don't know. But well, what do you think? What what's your what's your most vicious vile? brutally honest thoughts on Dominic Mysterio?
0: My honest, my brutally honest, vicious thoughts, I don't think he's a main eventer, no. I think what we've seen with his father, Ray, has been excellent. It just has. We've both praised it a lot. It's great. It just is. And what the reactions he's getting now, he's getting the perfect right reactions as that upper mid card, you know, heel you just hate. He's a punchable guy. That's that's the thing. And he's getting really good, you know, upper mid-card reactions. But what we saw from Dominic prior to then, probably the last what six months, there, there wasn't a lot of like I viewed him in the same way I viewed like someone like Theory, where it's like, okay, cool. He's, you know, he's he's a young talent. There's some good things he does, but on the whole, I don't really have that connection to I don't really care that much. Granted, now he's turned that around quite a bit. Um, I at least feel something when he's on the screen. I want to boo him I want to see him get punched. But does me wanting to see someone punch him equate to the main event? Like just, he's over as a heel, which is amazing, which hats off. Getting over in general in wrestling is not easy. Getting the audience to feel something for you is not easy. But I have real trepidation about like, I. granted Cody and Dom with where their reactions are at right now, that would be really good if they did that in the next few months. If they found a way to get that done sometime in, I guess, when, when, once the Brock stuff's done in like June, July, in the lead up. to If they could do that, that'd be perfect timing, I feel like, because Dom's like over as a heel right now. Um, but the real trepidation I have just surrounds the sort of longevity and sustainability of this. I think just because we've seen Dom for the past really month and two months when it's really amped up in WrestleMania season, where he's, you know, in front of his own sister, in front of his mother, Slandering his Hall of Fame legendary father, who everyone unanimously loves. Like Ray is the most unanimously loved wrestler in wrestling history. You don't see a negative word said about Ray Mysterio. You see negative stuff said about everyone else, but you don't see it about Ray. So to have Dom saying horrible things week after week, <laughs> slandering that guy, yes, he's going to get those negative reactions, of course. that That's, yeah. And he's too fed him. Dom, he's done a good job with that. But I don't view him as a guy who, Believability wise, I don't view him as a, a main event to, to come sort of thing. I don't view him as someone like I view him on the same level as like a, a Grayson Waller, where like he could, you know, have the, a main event, you know, a swing at the main event scene for two, three months, have a program with a top star like a Cody, a Roman, maybe a Brock, as you let, listed, like the, the top tier, but they're either on the tier below or some would argue the tier below that. They're, they're good at their roles they're entertaining, they make you feel, which is good. But do they have the presentation? Do they have the star power, the believability, the the kind of aesthetic to be that guy who, you know, you're buying a pay-per-view to watch Get Beat Up, maybe once or twice, against Cody or against Roman or Brock, yes. But for, you know, months and months in main event storylines that aren't against his father, I have, I, I I don't think so yet. Maybe, prove me wrong, Dom, please.
1: But well, for me, the reason why I, I'm so high and I say that he is a main eventer, like, the main thing, the deciding factor to me is the character work he's done. That the character work is, like, it's, it's stuff that not everybody's doing, and not everybody understands in wrestling. You know, a lot of people are just like, like, like Randy Orton is a good example of this. Randy Orton just coasting on his, on his look, and the RKO, and, and, like, the entrance, and the, the theme music. Randy Orton never really did a lot of over-the-top, entertaining stuff as a character. I mean, he had, like, that segment where Triple H went to his house and jumped him in front of his wife. But, like, for the most part, Randy Orton was just, like, a guy that came out and wrestled, you know? Yeah. Dominic Mysterio has that that character stuff, though. Like, the, he's working the character. Like, he's been doing this thing now where he's, he's like, committed to the character. He's, like, a prison, and then he went to prison. And he'll go on, like, After the Bell with Corey Graves or he'll go on like serious xm with like bubba ray and uh, uh dave lagreca and he'll talk about how like he went to jail and how it changed him and hardened him like that's just something that's you can't teach bro you know, That's I mean, yeah. yeah, I think he learned from his dad. I mean, his dad had to walk around with a mask like in public his whole life. Do you do you think Ray wears that the mask like when he's not wrestling? Or like when he's like at home with his wife, like like they go out, they go to like a movie or something out in the town. You think you think Ray Mysterious walking around with the mask on?
0: Sometimes, yeah. The, the same thing as like the Undertaker. Like I don't think he wears the the, the Druid coat and all that. Th- you know, twenty four seven, absolutely. But he like he'll look still like a you know he'll look in character sort of when you see him almost if that makes sense that's a little, ray it's, with the mask. it's a little oh, different yeah. for ray
1: because that's like such a big part of mexican culture you know the mask right, and,
0: yeah I'm, i don't know like right. like
1: imagine you're at a restaurant right you're just sitting at the bar with like like two friends and like all of a sudden you just you turn around and you see ray mysterio sitting and having dinner with his like his mascot
0: jumping out the sky <laughs> Like, Ari,
1: I, why? like i think about that segment where like him and his wife are having dinner and dominic and ria ruined it i'm just like like imagine if that was like imagine in a real life situation you're just sitting at a, at a restaurant like at ne- the table next to you ray mysterio is sitting there with his mask on and having <laughs> dinner with his wife like in real life like this is not like like an angle or anything he's just like chilling <laughs> like how funny would that be
0: <laughs> oh my god imagine like you're getting like yeah, you're eating whatever. You're at some bar. You're at some pub. It's like a, a Sunday night. You're chilling with your, your your boys. You're chilling. You're eating stuff. You're watching some sports. You're watching some football. And then like you turn around, you got Mark Callaway, the Undertaker behind you, <laughs> chatting to like Glenn Jacobs and all the like the the six foot eleven WWF superstars. I'd be like, what the hell? Like I'd be he's, in a, he's, in a, he's in a cape. Like what? <laughs> he's a know, cape. But, I don't know. But I think the main thing with this with Dom, I'll go back to my. Point of view here with this, I just view like until he proves without his father that he's you know just as hateable and he's just as good, it waits to be seen. Um, look, I think he can be definitely, um, potentially if if you know if they do a good storyline with another top guy who's not Ray and then they do another compelling storyline and you give it six to six months uh, a year and we're still going, yeah. Honestly, Dom get his face punched in. He's a, he's a cornball and seemed beat up then maybe, um, but how I view Dom, like Kevin back in the attitude era, you know, every mid carter was like Dom is now where you, you felt something when he was on the screen, he was over as a character. You, you wanted to boo him. You wanted to either see him succeed or hate him. Every character was like that across the show nowadays, because there's not really much of that Dom stands out so much because he actually has character work, as you say. He gets a reaction, all that sort of thing. So someone who, like Dom, who probably isn't Roman Reigns or Cody, stands out a lot in that regard as a upper mid-card guy. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, either way, Dominic,
1: the future's bright for him. Whether he's a main yeah. event guy or he, he's a forever mid-card guy, future's bright for him. He's going to be getting paychecks from, uh, I was going to say Vince McMahon, but he's going to be getting paychecks from Triple H for years to come, pal. Unless Vince McMahon completes another hostile takeover of WWE, I want to say this too real quick on on the Vince McMahon episode of Raw that we saw. Yeah. Like like, do you think that was like <laughs> like that was like Vince McMahon just like he's walking with the people from Endeavor, and like the people from Endeavor are like, so Vince, like you're you know you're the the, the chairman of WWE, you're this like, what do you do exactly? Show us what a day in the life of Vince McMahon is. If it's like, all right, pal, and that's what he's just like, you know what? Damn it, change that Seth Rollins segment. Change that! Oh, oh, give me the script. Rip it up! Rip it up!
0: <laughs> like, Honestly, is that, yes. Is I that do. possible? Honestly, yes. Like, when you, now you lay that out, that makes complete <laughs> sense. It's like they, they've done the Endeavor sale. You've got like Endeavor executives. Like there's like three or four suits and ties. These like old people, They like, who know nothing about wrestling or WWE or anything. Right. They're like, like, like what do what, like, what you like? What's the, what's a live show like, Vince? and They're singing Gorilla. They're sitting like they got a row of steel chairs set up behind Triple H vince road dog bruce pritchard whoever they're all sat there and vince is like he's trying to look like he's doing a lot of stuff doing the show with the headset (laughs) on he's like he's like paul we cut the Rollin's second cut it out cut it out get the message out get the message out he's trying to look like it's you know it's it's all action packed and it's like it's go 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 and the people at endeavor had no clue that the show is like sucking on the screen it's just you know, it seems like oh my god, Vincey, he's in his natural element. This is what we paid for. This is great. That's what, that's what they'd be thinking. <laughs> Meanwhile, on Twitter and social media, Twitter's like, oh, I'm effing GF Vince McMahon. I hope he died. Like literally, we're, like our friends were like, get rid of him off this, this earth. You know, it's that sort of stuff. Like wow. yeah, people were watching it on the wrestling fan and going, this sucks. It's bad. But Endeavor probably like, oh, look at the way, look at the way Mr. McMahon tells Road Dog to. Go and tell Seth Rollins he's changing his segment. So good pal. Yeah,
1: like yeah, Vince just like, oh come on guys from Endeavour. Look what I can do, bro. Come on.
0: Yeah. Like look at this, look at this. Oh see the script here? They got the like the got the run sheet? <laughs> we're gonna rip that yeah, page down. Changing out. Gonna... that. Changing that, bro. Throw that out.
1: Throw that's gone. Gone. He's like he's yelling at Paul. He's like, Thanks, thanks for putting together a good show, but I I got it from here. Yeah, I got it from here, Triple H
0: a 78-year-old Vince McMahon with the moustache like I have right now. He gets like the – there's like a 25-page run sheet with all the lighting cues, the audio cues, I the scripting it. for the show, the commercial breaks, everything. Vince is like, oh, that's, that, that's nice and all. But then he, he rips out like three pages and then pretends he's Kobe. He like you know, scrunches it in into a ball. He's like, oh, swish. <laughs> 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 See that, fellas? See that? <laughs> yeah, but tell, tell Rollins, scrap the segment. Cut it out. Cut it out paul oh. and triple h just sat there like oh god kill me like <laughs> oh that's great like you know that's probably what happened in all objectivity um and that being said kevin with triple h is there something you want to touch on now surrounding triple h and the wrestlemania main event no Are no, no we'll get that
1: we'll count? get to that we'll save that for a big segment we'll do that yeah. next week okay yeah we're going to talk we about the this. vicious vile ruthless truth that WWE and Nick Khan does not want you to know about Paul Levesque.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, just so you guys are aware, so that's the way, heap this week, bunch of interesting topics. Next week's our sort of, I guess, backlash preview and another general wrestling chat. This is like a good kind of wrestling sort of where we're at, relevant topics discussion. I think if you guys like this format, we'll happily do this the whole, you know, next few months and with some other bios and all the good stuff mixed in that we usually do. Um, I want to say as well, Kevin, you guys love the draft. Like the, the audience reception that I received and it was just great. the comments. Yeah. Fantastic. It, the engagement was through the roof. I've listened to that back. And that's the most I've enjoyed listening back to one of our shows. Oh, that was so funny.
1: That reminds me, I, I was supposed to say this at the top of the podcast and I forgot. So I'm gonna say this now. I, I want to formally apologize to Oscar for not even considering her when I was thinking about what, what females to draft. And I, I want to walk back everything that I said about Ronda Rousey, just walking that take back That never happened um, That was my un- Undisputedly my worst take um, So the, the Ronda Rousey should not have been drafted I, I, I should have taken Asuka and I should have taken Asuka with might You know Asuka is a legitimate female star and yeah. Ronda Rousey is a watched MMA fighter that goes on Twitch streams and talks shit about wrestling fans. So yeah. Just want to take that one back. Forget that ever happened. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna give that one the old uh the old Trish Stratus barking like a dog treatment. Just <laughs> bury that segment in the vaults of Elite Heat. That that'll never come up on Google
0: searches or anything, pal. So yeah. there you go. Nah, like listening to that back, I wish I especially like Obviously hindsight's twenty twenty here. I wish I the order was a bit different of like when I pick people. But when I picked Bron Breaker as hard as I did and you went, He wasn't even on my board at thirty-two. I was like, God's sake. And then you took Rhea Ripley. I'm like, I could take Rhea Ripley and gotten them But anyway. Like listening that back was frustrating. You, you like as you allude to with the Ronda Rousey thing, how set you were on that pick and then, like how confident you were and proud of that. We argued over that pick for ten minutes.
1: But well, I'll say and this. I-, I had to defend it. Like I had you know, you were right in everything you said about it yeah. but i had to stick to my guns like when i was gonna be like yeah like admit defeat like yeah that was a bad pick you know and i already i picked i made the pick i had to, i had to lay my lay in the bed bro
0: yeah kevin do you regret taking logan hole so high no i wouldn't have taken him before i think i might bro. have said, like in the top so i wouldn't have taken him before like bro, 20th pick
1: in my shows so i'm gonna have prime selling in the concession stand bro like but Logan Paul's gonna be a big deal for me, bro.
0: Prime's like $8 a bottle. It's overpriced trash. What do you mean? It's,
1: I, I could go right now to Walmart and get it for $1.95 or whatever. Really? Over
0: here it's like $7.
1: That's nuts. Yeah. No, I, I've heard that like in other areas, but like where I live, I could go, uh, bro, I could go buy a, I could go buy a 12 pack at, at Walmart right now for like six bucks, like six, seven bucks. And they have every flavor. I've had, I've tried them all. I've tried every flavor except for like the lemon lime or whatever the green one is. oh my god they're not moving near me it's near where i live they're not moving at all
0: that's nuts over here it's like it's double the price of if, like a let's say a bottle of powerade or gatorade was two dollars fifty let's say primes double that and that's
1: nuts that's nuts and it's actually quite good Have you had it
0: i I haven't i'm like i'm not paying seven dollars for something that's literally just gonna be a tiny bit better than gatorade
1: like i think it's significantly better than gatorade in my opinion okay like, I I would say, just from, like, a nutrition standpoint. A taste standpoint, Gatorade definitely tastes better. But mm-hmm. nutritionally, like, for the taste compared to the nutrition, and, like, the lack of sugar and, like, lack of calories, it tastes pretty good. Um, I don't really know, like, anything to equate it to. It's kind of like Propel. I don't know if you ever had Propel. Yeah. It's, like, a better-tasting Propel. But, yeah, it's good. I've had, like, the, I like the Strawberry Watermelon. I love that. That one's really good. The Tropical okay. Punch is good uh there's like a there's like a, a white one i guess like a mystery flavor it's called like moon yeah. water or something that was pretty good uh i wasn't crazy about the blueberry blueberry mm-hmm. i didn't really wasn't a fan of but the strawberry watermelon a plus okay yeah it's. Gosh, uh, I'll bro, take that on board, bro, you want but, me to um, buy you like like you want me to buy you like a 12 pack ship it over to you bro uh the cu- <laughs>
0: the shipping cost will not be worth it <laughs> yeah shipping cost. You, you could buy you could go buy like a bottle yourself I oh, know, right? No, for real. But yeah, th- that being said, Kevin, yeah, the draft was fun. That was a, a, one of our most entertaining elite. Hey, you haven't seen the draft and you're still listening to us now, go listen to the draft. We had our definitive, brutally honest draft. You can see how we built companies. You can see Kevin putting on a bunch of tag matches, my women's division carrying my show alongside some great main event talent. And um, yeah, there, you, there go. you go. All right, guys. So we'll talk to you on the next one. That has been Elite Heat. Peace. And also, before we go, one last thing, Kevin. You told me a little bit off air about what to expect next week, where well, you're going to give us and the listeners the truth. Oh, yeah. The, the real reason, which we haven't discussed, is why Cody Rhodes didn't win at WrestleMania. So you've oh, got yeah. that to look forward to next week. Kevin has just a ridiculous... Kevin has something that I've been ignoring, and Kevin's going to bring it to light. So look forward yeah. to that next week.
1: You got, you got the whiteboard out, pal? You got the whiteboard? We're going to do a hit piece on Paul Levesque. It's gonna be the, the fatal the flaw of Paul of X WWE. Coming up next week, live on Elite Heat.
0: The fatal flaw, you're a- <laughs>